This is Points North, a show from Interlochen Public Radio, where we hear about life in northern Michigan through the news, the people, and the places. I'm your host, Dan Wanshura. Coming up later on the show today, a private prison in northern Michigan will hold immigrants convicted of crimes. Some argue it'll bring jobs to the area. Others want nothing to do with it. This is like the second poorest county in the state, so yeah, it's really good for people, you know, employment-wise. Plus, a legal scholar turned writer whose stories brought her back to northern Michigan. But first, this Sunday is the first official day of fall, and it's a big time for tourism here in northern Michigan. IPR's Max Johnston took a look at some numbers and is here to tell us about that autumn tourism push. Hey, Max. Hey, Dan. How does fall compare to other seasons in Michigan for tourists? Well, summer is by far the biggest for travel in the state, but fall has grown in the past couple years. In fact, this year specifically, the Pure Michigan campaign has launched this national marketing push that's specifically trying to get visitors in the state this fall. What was this summer like up here in northern Michigan? Was it a pretty good summer for business? Well, so it's early. Not all the data numbers are in. But according to one specific one, hotel occupancy numbers, which I got from the state, keep in mind these aren't the end-all be-all for you know tourism, but they were a bit down in the spring and a little flat in the summer. Now, that could be because of home sharing like Airbnb, sure. but one theory that's been posited is because we had a late spring and a lot of rain in like May and June, that could have sort of um, you know put a, put a damper on on some of the people coming up here for the summer. But also keep in mind that passenger traffic at Cherry Capital Airport in Traverse City was up 14% from last year this May and August. So it's kind of a mixed bag. Up and down. Yeah. Has the late spring impacted the outlook for this fall then? You know, it's interesting. Dave Lorenz is the vice president of Travel Michigan. He says no matter what, people usually budget time and money for vacations. So they'll take any opportunity to take that time off. Travelers tend to want to make sure to get their vacation time in one time or another. So if they have to delay it a bit, if they have to um, maybe go into uh, later in the fall or maybe what they had anticipated, maybe trying to get uh, earlier in the summer, they'll still travel. And that's one reason the state started this marketing push for this fall. It's to get some of those leftover tourists that couldn't make it during the warmer months. Lorenz says the question now is whether or not businesses up here are ready for this, you know, potential fall influx. When do we expect to hit peak fall tourism up here. So that's going to be during peak color season, which is when the fall colors are you know, at their peak. That's usually mid uh, to late October up here. But I've heard that the leaves are already starting to change near the middle of the state, uh, sort of between Alpena and Gaylord. So we might start seeing some fall tourists a little bit early. All right. IPR's Max Johnson. Thanks. Thanks, Dan. This is Points North. I'm Dan Wanshura. In less than two weeks, a private prison will open in northern Michigan to house immigrants convicted of crimes. Critics say these privately run prisons are harmful to inmates. And they claim prisoner operator GeoGroup is taking advantage of a desperate community. But as IPR's Taylor Wisner reports, many residents do support the correctional facility. The facility will hold immigrants only, those with legal papers and those without, who are convicted of crimes. Public records requests show about half of the inmates were incarcerated because of drug charges. The Bureau of Prisons data shows immigrants serve six years on average, and when they're done, they are deported. The immigrant-segregated prison is in the village of Baldwin, 
with a population of 1,000, the popular recreation town is located 40 minutes east of Ludington. But the county struggles with a high unemployment rate, and 60% of its residents are on government subsidies. Still, Baldwin Village President Jim Truxton thinks the area is about to turn around. On an overcast day, he is standing outside the prison. For years, he has been a big GO supporter. He bought stock in the company and recently toured the facility. I've lived in dormitories that didn't look as nice, you know, college dormitories that didn't look as nice as this facility. GEO Group built it a decade ago to hold juvenile offenders in Michigan. But later, the state canceled the contract. It mostly sat empty until May, when the U.S. government awarded GEO Group a 10-year contract to hold up to 1,800 immigrant prisoners. GEO says the agreement will net the company $37 million annually. Truxton says he wrote several letters of recommendation for job applicants and knows at least a dozen local people who got jobs there. Husband and wife team, friends of mine. She was an aide at the school. He worked for one of the local restaurant pizza places, and they're both working here now at starting wages of $17 an hour. $17 an hour, 40 hours a week, it's about $34,000 a year plus benefits. GEO Group contributed to renovating the local sewage treatment plant and has provided millions in property taxes. Truxton says the company is well-respected locally, even as people lost their jobs when the company's past contracts ended unexpectedly. People get to stay in the area they love. They get to stay close to family and friends. Our, our, one of our biggest issues in this county for several decades now is the kids all leave because there's, they don't feel there's an economic future for them here. GEO Group did not make anyone available for an interview. Truxton says the employees were also told not to speak with reporters. On the sidewalk in downtown Baldwin, half a dozen people interviewed were in favor of the prison. At the Village Restaurant, chair of the Lake County Democrat Party, Mary Minnick, says when she heard the prison would be open for at least 10 years, she was excited. I originally put on our Lake County Democrat Party page that they were hiring. This was good for the community. You know, here's the event. These are the jobs. This is what we need, right? But she says she soured on the prison after hearing most of the 300 jobs would not go to locals. In an email, GEO Group says they've hired 69 residents from Lake County. They say the remaining 200-plus employees commute from nearby or are in the process of moving closer. Immigrant-only prisons in other states have been criticized for their conditions. New York University law professor Emma Kaufman spent six months doing interviews and requesting public documents on immigrant prisons. She found these prisons provide fewer medical and rehabilitative services for immigrant inmates. From what we can tell, there are higher rates of violence and self-harm in these institutions. She found these prisons provide fewer medical and rehabilitative services for immigrant inmates. Institutions that are transient, institutions that are really remote, institutions where there's lack security, all of those things can contribute to rates of violence. She says the prisons are all in rural areas, which also brings a host of problems. So remoteness presents huge challenges in terms of access to courts, access to counsel, access to family. I mean, family visitation is probably the biggest concern about long distance. Meanwhile, the prison is expected to get up and running starting October 1st. 
Minnick says she is organizing a protest across the street on the same day. For Points North, I'm Taylor Wisner. I'm Dan Wanshura. You're listening to Points North. Carolyn Lewis wasn't a fiction writer by trade, but as she grew older, she was drawn back to her home, Old Mission Peninsula, and inspired to write imaginative short stories. Aaron Stander brings us this commentary about the late writer's work. More people should know the name Carolyn Lewis, an award-winning writer. Her stories set in northern Michigan were published in literary magazines and nominated for the prestigious Pushcart Prize. Carolyn grew up on the old Mission Peninsula, on land her family had farmed for generations. After high school, she moved to New York, completed her education, and worked as a legal scholar. But she couldn't shake her roots in northern Michigan, and during those years she began to write stories set in the region. Now less than a year after her untimely death, Carolyn's stories have been collected and published in a beautifully illustrated volume, The Wolf Keeper. The tales follow characters overlooked by society, the Native Americans with their spirituality and connectedness to the natural world, the struggles of people with little means to get by, and women pushing against a male-dominated culture. They take place in the harshness of northern Michigan winters or in the company of cherry trees, morel mushrooms, and lake trout. Carolyn worked for years on the stories, and her devotion to craft is evident on every page. From the opening sentence to the final period, the reader is pulled into another world by the vividness of her prose. These are stories to remember, to savor, to read again and again. The Wolf Keeper by Carolyn Lewis is available from local booksellers and libraries throughout northern Michigan. For Points North, this is Aaron Stander. This is Points North. I'm Dan Wanshura. IPR wants to hear from you. Tell us about a book that means a lot to you. We'll record your answer at the fall book sale at the Traverse Area District Library and the Harbor Springs Festival of the Book. You can find more information at interlochenpublicradio.org. And that's the show this week. I'm Dan Wanshura. Our executive producers are Noel Riley and Max Johnston. Catch the show Fridays here on IPR News Radio at pointsnorthradio.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.